Yo, yo, we're Estro Hayes, and we're just trying to grow. That means we're bringing you dope insight into the cannabis industry with exclusive interviews, product reviews, and more. The more you know, the more you grow. Now, let's get into the session. We just trying to grow. Hi, guys. Hey, how's it going? Hi, how's it going? So listen, it's Stefan here, co-founder of Estro Hayes, and I'm having the pleasure of talking with uh, Darby Cox and Sean Hi. Gang. Am I saying your last name right? Gang? Yeah, Gang. Okay. Uh, smoke Cartel, uh, online retailer and smoke uh, accessories, kind of like glassware mm-hmm. shop based in Savannah, Georgia. So hi again. Hello. Thank you so much for having us. We really appreciate yeah. it. Yes. Yes. Thank you guys for joining me. So um, just a little backstory, guys. I recently got a huge, beautiful, <laughs> awesome package from Smoke Cartel, like delivered to Estro Hayes. And we did this whole unboxing. Hope you didn't miss it because it was a lot of fun. Oh, it I was beautiful. It. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You guys are uh, immediately intrigued. Everybody's reaction was great on the video. Yes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> we loved it. Uh, immediately intrigued just by your presentation and the quality quality of the products. Just got one here, this Georgia peach. Oh, this we oh, love that one. Of course, of course, this is one of the faves. So just one and I Sean's design. Oh, well, well, well. Here we have a fancy one here, Sean. <laughs> <laughs> I like to think I didn't go to art school for nothing. So. Okay, it paid off. See these things. Yeah, see in the most creative ways. <laughs> I immediately became intrigued by you guys just by your presentation and the quality and everything. And I learned that you guys have a lot going on. So I definitely wanted to um, chat with you and just share a little bit with our audience just about entrepreneurship and growth and sustainability, mm-hmm. and like your new excitingness that that happened with you guys going public. So I definitely want to just talk about that a little bit. Okay. Yeah, absolutely. Start just tell us a little bit about like, how you guys got started? Why Savannah? Like, how did this even come about? So, uh, my favorite, my favorite way to talk talk about how we got started is, um, you know, Sean and I are are not only business partners but life partners, and so we'd been dating Ooh. for a while prior to Smoke Cartel forming, and we both were kind of running our own separate companies. Um, I was working in the gardening space, and Sean had just sold off um, a predictive analytics company that he'd been working on to Target. And uh, he was kind of messing around doing some artistic stuff. And one day he turned to me and he said, you know, Darby, Colorado just legalized. Uh, there's no really online head shops that are USA based in the market right now. I'm going to sell bombs. And, um, you know, I, I grew up in the Bible Belt South, you know, uh, born and raised Southern by the grace of God. Hey. And down here, we call it the devil's lettuce. Shout out to the South. Shout out. This. <laughs> but yeah, we call it the devil's lettuce down here. And my, uh, I told him under my roof. This is not happening. Absolutely okay. not. Okay. <laughs> and um, maybe a month later, a box of uh, bongs showed up at the doorstep and he said, surprise. <laughs> Never did well with taking instructions. So, you know. And, um, you know, I was a little bit, I had some medical issues at the time and Sean was like, you know, Darby, you really need to look into what medical cannabis is doing for these people. Like look in Colorado, look at these things that's happening. And eventually, you know, he dragged me out to a trade show. We met medical patients and I actually got to see the industry. Mm-hmm. And I said, okay, I, I've maybe been told some, some wrong things growing up. Maybe this is something that I should look into. And I joined on kind of thinking, okay, I'll use this as an educational experience. I'll do it for a few months while I'm, you know, building up my other companies. And I fell in love. I think that Sean really found uh, an amazing 
idea. Mm -hmm. And when I realized the good that we could do, I had to do it. You know, it was just, it called to me. Yeah. So uh, long story short, we started uh, carrying glass products online. Um, we were in Georgia, so there was a lot of things we couldn't do. Mm -hmm. um, but we wanted to support the industry and we wanted to make an impact here mm -hmm. in the city that we were. And uh, we hired a lot of local students, um, people that were really enthusiastic about the industry. And we focused on product education and mm -hmm. customer service. And people seemed to like it, so. And we wanted to stay in Savannah. I mean, at the time, it was we were both going to college, and so we kind of stayed for convenience. Um, but after that, you know, we realized that a lot of our coworkers and classmates had been up and leaving because they were like, "Okay, Savannah is just a tourism town. There's not necessarily any stable, high-paying, long-term career jobs." Yeah. And we were like, "Okay, well." What if we can create that? What if we could do that for this city that you know has given us so much and the people here we really love and feel like that the community has been a big part of our success? Yeah. So, so you know, stay. I mean, you just said that you were the first to do this. You were founded in 2014. Am I correct with that? You guys yes. were founded in 2014. Can you explain what you mean by the first? Because when I think of a head shop, I mean I think because it's looking yes. back for more than four years, I've seen like. Yes, the well, traditional brick and mortar head shops. No, no, no. Um, I I've seen, so I'm, have I never been able to get a bong line? You have. You have. There are a few um, European-based competitors that have been around for a long time. Perhaps you remember Operation Pipe Dreams, which was what two thousand nine, two thousand three, yeah. um, which was with Tommy Chong. Um, and there were previously U.S.-based and Canada-based head shops, okay. but after the Tommy Chong arrest, that scene completely died off. And there was only um, a few California, since California has always been very weed-friendly, yeah. few California shops, and it really reduced to the brick-and-mortar shops. Mm -hmm. And there wasn't many uh, online shops who would say, hey, you know, here's us. This is what we're doing. We're very proud to be doing what we're doing. Here's the true story. Here's what we're selling. Here's what we're selling it for. Yeah, for years, yeah. and in fact, I think still today, we're one of the only uh, online head shops that actually has um, our names listed in the About Us page. Or photos of our team. Yeah, you know, so. Yeah, so what do you, like, attribute to the rapid growth? Because it has only been four years, and you guys, you, you obviously are doing well mm -hmm. into it, but you guys, you know, you just recently went public and everything. So to what do you attribute that? As a, as a as an online company like was it yeah. i mean do you tell me i think for us you know it's been like our unwavering customer service mm -hmm. dedication um in conjunction with the growth of the cannabis industry as a whole okay. you know we uh had the great fortune of of having many happy customers who mm -hmm. love to tell their friends about us and so through sheer like word of mouth and get you. Uh, every time you know through uh, organic traffic. Um, and I also think our own team. I mean, I think yeah. Sean and I have been fairly open about a few times that we've really struggled. You know, um, early on, we experienced some issues with credit card processing and navigating that difficulty. And we, we were really lost. And I, we looked at our team for support and like, you know, how do, we, how do we get through this? We can't let these people down because they, you know, give us so much. And our team was like, okay, well, we're a family. We're going to figure this out. We always figure this out together. I, I tell people often, you know, how do you solve a problem in, in business? You just ask your team because that's what your company is. It's a collective of your teammates who are solving the problems every single day. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, okay. 
So how do you now, or you're out, you have a strong team, you guys are building, you're, you're obviously making strides. How do you go about just like solidifying your position kind of as mm-hmm. a brand? Because I mean, it is growing, the industry is growing rapidly. I mean, it could possibly become saturated at some point. Like what Absolutely. Be as, aside from customer service, I know you guys have A1 customer service, obviously I've witnessed it. Um, what do you see being your differentiator, like moving forward? What's going to keep you guys like, you know, exclusive of the meeting force? This brain. Hey, um, no, no, and the head shops in the world, which can duplicate that brain. You're right. In all seriousness, um, you know, that's a great question because I think a number of people are putting out a lot of different products these Absolutely. days and, and it is getting more and more competitive. And especially as folks from other industries like the tobacco industry mm-hmm. or the pharma industry are coming in, um, trying to make a, a mark in cannabis side, um, it becomes difficult. Yeah. So what, what we relied on is our information and our data analytics. Mm-hmm. Um, I come from a very strong tech background, and so we've done a lot to really identify what the pain points are with our mm-hmm. customers, with people's experience on the website, and being able to optimize those experiences um, in identifying what the key problems are with certain products. And we, we have two in-house engineers, mm-hmm. um, and so we – a great deal goes into both product education and product development. Um, we're really trying to be the innovators in our industry mm-hmm. and produce some of the, the you know, most innovative products out there um, and be able to bring them to, to market because we know what our yeah. consumers are interested in. We've been fortunate to secure a handful of you know, patents on some of our products to really ensure that we are creating something revolutionary, something that we can be really proud of. Absolutely. Okay. So um, tell me this. So you guys have obviously done something right. And being a new entrepreneur, I'm obviously intrigued by that. So can you tell me just in setting out, like what was your initial goal? Like what was your goal in setting out? It's like, okay, we're going to build this business. Uh, we're going to go public one day. And have you, was that the goal? And then what's the goal from here? Like, it's like, and then what, and then what? So from day one, did you kind of see it going like this or has it kind of like flourished into something that went beyond what you imagined initially and how you cope with that? So, um, you know, I think initially what was so attractive about the industry is, you know, I've never really liked to do anything that I wasn't passionate about. And I don't mm-hmm. think Darby is, is any, any different, you know? So for us, when we looked at the industry and, and, you know, I'd done my research and said, hey, this is, this is somewhere that we could really make a difference. Mm-hmm. Um, this is somewhere where I felt that it was a social justice issue, um, especially oh, yeah. here in Georgia mm-hmm. for us. And um, we really wanted to do something that we were at least passionate about. And, and, and of course, we had great response from, from everyone that, that has been our supporter so far. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. We didn't go into it thinking that it was going to be the successful or anything, but, you know, I think like as any entrepreneur, you know, we gave it 110% yeah. and uh, we're very fortunate to have ended up here and we're going to continue to try our best and we can't promise, you know, magic and rainbows, but we can promise that we're going to work our absolute hardest. And, and I think I can say the same for our, our entire team here. So where that takes us is, it wasn't like he had this like performer and it's like by year four, we're going to be, so it wasn't like, Where is this and this? So it wasn't that uh, mapped out in that way, you wouldn't say. It wasn't kind of like down to these are, this is my goal for month six. These are our goals for 
year one, these are our goals. Like, did you guys map it out like that and kind of tackle it in that way? Or was it more of just like a organic growth to this place? Like, was it planned for you? Like, well, like, a, like an action? my mom says, when you make plans, God laughs. Yeah, I think that we've made plenty of plans along the way and uh, aimed to steer the ship that way. But then, you know, we've seen a huge opportunity in the market or one of our team members has come up with this phenomenal product creation idea that we think is going to be the next hottest uh, product on the market. So we definitely have a roadmap. Um, I think that we have values, which is really our dedication to progressing our company, our dedication to progressing our people, you know, doing training, helping them reach their career goals, helping them reach their personal goals, and making sure that our products are truly the most top-notch they can be. And as long as we're hitting those three goals, we think that it'll take us anywhere. What more can you, like, really ask for, right? Those, that's mm -hmm. be the recipe for success. Okay, so now we get into the good stuff. The stuff that I, this is like, oh, wow, this just happened. All right, so you recently, uh, you went public, and you're the first online head shop to do so. So again, congratulations for that. Thank you. Um, can you please tell us like three things? One, what exactly does that mean? Mm -hmm. You know, why, why go public? Like what are the benefits mm -hmm. of doing that? And how did you go about like doing that for entrepreneurs who are eager to do so? Yeah. So, um, you know, let's, let's, we'll just go down the list. So why, right? Uh, um, well, the cannabis industry is very exciting. Uh, mm -hmm. It's a, it's a new industry. There's a lot of great companies starting out, but the green rush. Yeah. But as a private individual, if you, you went to a store and you said, I really like this store and I, I want to, you know, partake in some way and share in the store's success. Well, as a private company, you can't really do that. You know, you can, I mean, if you're willing to make a considerably sizable investment and you can talk to the owners and things like that to join on. Yeah. But what we are so attracted in, in the public market is the ability for everybody, you know, all consumers and all of our supporters and, and people who are even interested in investing in this industry mm -hmm. to be able to do so in a format that they were used to. So in that format is stock. So as a, I mean, it's an ancillary business, obviously, but were there any roadblocks seeing as how, you know, it is, Mm -hmm. a part of, I mean, you're not touching the plant, but you are a part of a federally illegal business kind of like on the gray area. You're in a bit of a gray area. So were there any roadblocks or were there any difficulties going public with that, with the type of business that you guys? That's a great question. This is a really awesome question because I think that's also a great highlight. So why we were able to do so, um, you know, currently it's, you can't really find, let's say, a dispensary who, who's gone public because it's federally illegal in the U.S. The, the SEC and folks like that, you know, you can't conduct an illegal business and, and still be a legitimate company. Mm -hmm. yes. So what we do is different. You know, we offer a means for folks to invest in the cannabis industry without being, um, while still remaining legally compliant because yeah. we don't do anything. It's, a, it, it's what's considered a leafless cannabis investment. So we don't do anything that touches the leaf, hence the leaf term. Um, and so other things that might qualify might be like vaporizer companies and things like that. Um, but in doing so, we're, we're an e-commerce merchant and we're a distribution um, hub. Mm -hmm. And we focus on products in this industry, but we do not do anything that deals with cannabis, mm -hmm. the plant itself. 
Yeah. And so we're completely above board. So since so since that is the case, then it was kind of a little easier to just kind of absolutely yeah, of course. Yeah. So, so then I mean I bet, I guess I'm, I'm I'm intrigued by that even more. So I'm like, why aren't more businesses like doing that? Like you know, I, I well, yeah. <laughs> oh, do we have the answer for that one? Please do. The process to go public is incredibly strenuous. There are uh, extensive audit fees, legal fees, as well as compliance staff to be brought on. You have to make sure that all of your team's social media profiles are compliant with SEC listing rules, and that you have to make sure that all of your numbers and statements are completely up to date and go through third-party uh, accounting testing and inventory testing to ensure that everything that you're saying is exactly as it is. Yeah. Um, and that's, you know, to protect the shareholders and also just to right. ensure that you're being truthful as a company. Yeah. The, the truth of the matter is that it's an expensive process. It's a process. Oh, storming over here. It's an expensive process, an extremely um, arduous process that requires a lot of uh, verified third-party folks to come in and look to make sure that you do have all your T's crossed and your I's dotted. Yeah. And, um, you know, it, just, it takes a lot of work um, to be verified. And, and the reason is, is well, you know, it's to, in, to protect the common public mm -hmm. and, and to make sure that it's a credible investment, of which course. is why it's been so difficult and why so many people say that It took for the process of deciding, okay, this is something we want to do to getting it done. Like, realistically, as an entrepreneur or a new business, like, what mm -hmm. do you look to to go public? Like, what time frame could they kind of give themselves? No, they More should than, probably look at over a year time frame. They yeah. should probably look to one to two years for the full uplisting and to meet all of the proper SEC yeah. requirements. I mean, it's a long road. Realistically, you know, we're still on that process. Mm -hmm. So there's there's still goals that we have set for the company further ahead, and we're still working very diligently to achieve those goals. But, you know, since the decision was made to, to go public, it was almost a year and a half ago. And so we are... You know, we've been preparing ever since, and I can tell you that before I went public, and the, the one difference is in, in after is that sometimes I'll now dream in spreadsheets. <laughs> <laughs> I, can, I can absolutely imagine. So we touched on team a little bit earlier. Uh, mm -hmm. You were talking about how that these are the people you look yes. to. So can you tell us a little bit about just as co-founders and business owners, just about building your team? And you also talked about, you know, staying in the community and kind of like offering opportunities there. Mm -hmm. So what role is social justice or diversity, or if there is any role that mm -hmm. is playing, what role is that playing in your team building? How are you going about assuring that your team, you know, is going to take smoke cartel, you know? Mm -hmm. So will you uh, foresee and beyond? Well, I think you have to start by creating a place that people are willing to invest in. And for that, you have to be willing to invest in your team. Um, we allow tremendous flexibility for our teammates who have, you know, worked very hard and put their, their sweat and tears into the company. I mean, you know, we have um, a teammate who recently his wife had a baby and, you know, he needed to take time off, but he still wanted to be in the office and contribute. So he has keys and he can come in to do his shift whenever he wants. We have very much an honor code system mm -hmm. that we abide by of sort of how you respect the space. Yeah. We cook for our teammates every single day. You know, we have a rotating schedule of someone who's going to cook and prepare the meal because we think that eating together and having that communication is really important. That's cool. Yeah. yeah. We also, um, you know, in Savannah, especially in Georgia, cotton and tobacco and prison, those are our big industries. So we have a huge um, 
issue with unfair cannabis arrests. Mm -hmm. So, you know, our team was like, okay, what do we do about this? And so we formed a nonprofit and we now lobby for decriminalization. And we've actually succeeded in decriminalizing three cities in in Georgia, (laughs) Savannah being one of those. And so for us, it was really like our team said, okay, here's something that we need to change. If we're saying that we're this number one company, we also need to stand by this. And so we talk about, you know, what we can do to proactively go back. Um, you know, we, Sean is on the board of Code for America, and they just recently did a thing in California where they are retroactively going back because of Prop 64 and clearing marijuana arrests for people who no longer qualify for that yeah. criminal charge. So in short, you know, we feel very passionately about what we do. We stand by our values, and I think that folks who feel similarly or feel inspired by what we do often tend to give us the same level of dedication that we hope for in our team. Absolutely. So in security, like, so in actively building and saying, okay, I want you to be hired for this. I want you to be hired for that. Uh, What are there essential elements that you're looking for from team members that you feel like these qualities or, you know, this will help to take us what we're looking to take us where we're going. Are you looking for certain backgrounds? Are you looking for, like, what are you looking for in putting like the dream team together? I think the most important thing to remember is that you're never going to see the perfect resume. Um, Always think about the growth potential of an employee because the perfect person isn't going to walk in your door, you know, right perfectly off the bat. It's your job to teach them about your company and the kind of behaviors that you're expecting because I think all of us are teachers at the end of the day. But most importantly, you know, Sean and I are college dropouts. We don't necessarily think that a college degree is the most important thing. We don't necessarily think that, you know, a minor possession arrest is going to disqualify you for a job. We think that you have to give everyone equal opportunity and give them this chance to prove themselves. And the people who are willing to come in and say, I take that challenge, I accept, they're going to be your hardest workers. Okay. Awesome. Awesome. Okay. So if you could give like a hefty nugget of, of general advice, not necessarily about, you know, online retailing or maybe, or, or hit shops, but a nugget of yeah. advice for entrepreneurs interested in entering the cannabis landscape as an ancillary business. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Practical. Two or three things that are like practical. This is what you really need to be doing that people don't tell you. What would you say? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, don't give up. <laughs> is kind of the easiest thing for me. You know, um, if you have an idea and you're passionate about it, now is the time. Now is the opportunity. Don't wait. Just try to do something. Mm-hmm. Um, also knowing that people are going to fight you. You know, yeah. banks might fight you. Credit card processing might fight you. People might fight you, but don't give up because what you're fighting for is important. Mm-hmm. And those who are willing to be stubborn uh, end up succeeding mm-hmm. and, um, you know, proofread all of your emails. <laughs> <laughs> that's, I mean, yep. that's cool. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and, and be professional. Like a- represent the industry you want to represent. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Proofread. Yeah. Make sure you're like representing yourself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Awesome. Is there anything else that you'd want to share with the Estro Hayes audience, either about Smoke Cartel, what you guys have coming up, what you guys are doing, anything about entrepreneur, going public, anything else, please, please, please share with us. Anything? Well, for California fans, we will be at Cannabis Cup in the coming weeks. And so if you're around the California area, we'd love to see you guys. Yeah, come check out our booth. 
um, tell us that you came from Esther Hayes. We'll give you some, we'll hook you up. Hey, you know? listen, hey now, get hooked up, code Estro Hayes, all right? <laughs> <laughs> okay, sorry, Rishon, this has been an absolute pleasure. It's been wonderful. Thank you. Uh, you gave me a browser report, and I really appreciate it. Until uh, next time, sorry about the technical difficulties at the beginning. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> Until next time, guys, you have, have a great See you one. Soon. They will stay dry. I heard that storm. Oh, yeah. If you like what you heard, you want more interviews, insight, and of course, entertainment all around cannabis, support Estro Hayes, support your girls in the creation of new content and become a patron. Visit us at patreon.com backslash Estro Hayes. With your support, we can build this community together.